Oops, sorry. All right, we back now? All right, here we go. Praise God. Thank you for being with us this morning. It is just good to worship God, and sometimes we just get caught up in the presence of God and worship God in spirit and in truth. It might be a little bit different for some of you, uh, but we just believe that God's good. Bible says if you read the book of Psalms, chapter 150 in the book of Psalms, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise him with a cymbal and, and, and trumpets and with, with rejoicing voices. It's loud. I don't know why we sometimes think that it all has to be so quiet in church. It's just church is quiet. We don't want to bother God. No, it's, it, it, it should be a time of rejoicing and worshiping God. Amen. And so thank you for joining in, us, in with us this morning. And uh, that is our prayer, that God's favor, blessing, and, and presence would go with you wherever you go, whatever you do, but not just on you, but on your children, your grandchildren. We're leaving a legacy, praise God, as a church and as a people. We're leaving a legacy of love. We're leaving a legacy of life and, and uh, of God's presence and glory. So we're starting a series that I'm calling It's Complicated. When I say the word it's complicated or that phrase, what does that mean to you? It's hard. How do we usually use that, though? In relationships, exactly. It's com- are you single? Are you dating? Are you married? Are you divorced? Are you married 14 times and, and, and you know, only divorced once or twice? You know, and, and sometimes that relationship status is it's complicated. It's complicated. And I don't know if you've ever experienced complicated relationships or not, but I know that some of you have. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to unpack a few things, talk about a few things as it relates to relationships. And my introduction to relationships was kind of like this. I, was, I think I was in third grade, not 100% sure what grade that I was in. And I was still in, the, I don't know if you guys will remember this, don't know if it ever made the generations or not, but I was sort of in the generation of girlitis. Anybody know what girlitis is? Remember that? All right, a few of you do. Girl, let me just fill you in on what girlitis actually is. Girlitis would be the thing that if a girl touched you, you got girlitis. And no boy wanted to get girlitis, but we kind of (laughs) did. And so we would run just fast enough so they couldn't catch us, all those things. But sometimes, depending on the girl, we would slow down enough so they could catch us so we'd get girlitis. But anyway, I was in the girlitis stage. And in the girlitis stage, you didn't really want to have a lot to do with girls. You didn't, and girls didn't want to have a lot to do with boys and, and third grade boys. You, that, that just goes without saying no girl wants to have any kind of a relationship with a third grade boy. But, uh, and so I had a friend who told me, and I had no idea about any of this stuff. He said, you need to have a girlfriend. I'm like, what? You need to have a girlfriend. I said, no, I don't want, girl, I don't want girlitis. No, you, and that was even bashful and shy and all those other things. No, I don't want a girlfriend. How do you get one? How do you get a girlfriend? <laughs> so I said, here's what you do. Get a piece of paper and write these words. I like you. If you like me, circle yes. If not, circle no. <laughs> Anybody ever wrote a note like that one? I even put my name on it. Maybe some of you got a note like that one. So I, I wrote out the note, folded it up, put it in her desk, wasn't Shelly, didn't know her yet. <laughs> you could put a gun to my head today and I could not tell you who the girl was. I'll be totally dead honest. I would be dead because I couldn't tell you. I don't know who it was. But anyway, poor girl. Anyway, and so put the note in her desk, watched her, put the note in her desk and I watched her like a hawk. She finally found the piece of paper. She looked at it. She scribbled something down on a piece of paper, folded it back up and put it in her desk. And I realized that relationships were complicated. <laughs> And some of you, how many of you know that that sometimes relationships can be really, really complicated? And they can be hard. We think that we know some things. We think we understand some things. We think that, how many of you want to know what she actually said? Who are you? Ouch. (laughs) 
stalker. <laughs> Thankfully, it was before those days. Anyway, uh, so I got the note back. She shoved it in my desk. Couldn't wait. I put it in my pocket because I was afraid to read it because I figured she'd say no, but she said yes. She circled yes on there. I was like, I got me a girlfriend. <laughs> now, <laughs> you want to know what I did after that? Not a stinking thing. Because he didn't tell me what to do next. All I knew was write the note, and, and if she's, I never talked to her. I never said another word. Or I never said, in fact, I think I pretty much avoided her because I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't realize it in the third grade. I didn't realize how complicated that relationships could become. They're stinking hard. But here's the good news. They don't have to be. They don't have to be hard. And sometimes it is our humanity, it is our lack of understanding that makes some of our relationships a little bit difficult. I, uh, I, I think that, that for a lot of us where we get our information, and you heard the question uh, in, in Mama Knows Best, you heard the question about, uh, uh, you know, uh, where is it from, from people? Where, where do we learn the most about relationships? Where is it that we gain our understanding about what a relationship is, how they're supposed to operate? Where do we get our information, our understanding, our information as it relates to successfully navigating human interpersonal interactions? Because that's where a lot of people have difficulty and challenges. Marriage problems aren't marriage problems. They're single problems, single people problems that are magnified when two imperfect people come together. If you had financial problems before you got married, chances are you're going to have financial problems after you got married. If you had anger issues before you got married, chances are you're going to have anger issues after you got married. Because the other person does not, in spite of Tom Cruise, the other, the, the, the other person does not complete you. The other person might magnify some of the things that are already there. And so much of our understanding about relationships, I think that much of our understanding about relationships, about love, and all of those other things comes from, from, from media, from people, from movies, from books, from television shows, and all those other things. I was at a movie years ago. It was actually Pearl Harbor. Ben Affleck and somebody else was in it. How many remember Pearl Harbor? All right. And it was packed. I mean, it was a packed theater. I mean, you had to sit next to people, and it was Shelly and I and another couple. And sitting next to me was a, a young girl about 16-ish years old. And if you've watched the movie, it can be kind of a tearjerker. And she wasn't just like little tear balls. She was like... <laughs> I mean, just literally snorking at the movie. And I'm getting like, get a grip. It's a movie! <laughs> and that happens. Guys don't know how to handle that thing because all of a sudden it's like they're crying. We're like pinching ourselves. We're biting our cheek. We're trying to like get a tear ball, emote something at all. Anything, please, dear God. Like why in the world are you? Now, I'm kind of bad because I'm usually the one that. Re <laughs> I'm kind of doing that sometimes too. Actually, I'm more like this. Something in my eye. But we get our ideas of what love is, what marriage is, what relationships are. We get our ideas a lot of times from that. And, and because of that, we have a foundation that is faulty. We have a foundation that isn't sure. We're building on something that God didn't intend to build, uh, for us to build on. We <clears throat> are trying to ace a test that we've never studied for, we've never prepared for. We just figure that it's all going to work out because we love each other. We have a song. We had a moment. We, we have these things, so, much, so many things in common. It's just all going to work out. He's going to fix all my problems. She's going to be everything that I wish that a woman would be. 
they'll complete me. Some of the most incomplete people are married people. Some of the most disappointed people are married people. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I shared something with you several years ago. You may or may not remember this, but, but it's a statement that I have. Let me set it up with this idea. I can play the piano. And a lot of you don't know that, but I can play the piano. I taught myself how to play the piano. I'm a self-taught piano player. And I can make a pleasant sound for about four to five minutes. But after four or five minutes, because I really only know a couple of things, after four or five minutes, it becomes very, very redundant. I just, you know, I'm playing the same thing over and over and over again because I like the sound, but that's all I know. And I was playing the piano one time. Pat Fleming walked past me, and he was watching me for a little bit, and he goes, you play weird. I'm like, well, I don't know. That's, I taught myself how to play. It sounds okay. Yeah, it sounds okay, but you're playing weird. I'm like, what do you mean I'm playing weird? My hands are doing this. He goes, yeah, but this hand, your left hand is supposed to do this, and your right hand is supposed to do this. I said, well, that might be your hands. My hands don't do that. My hands do the same thing at the same time. They just, well, that's weird. That's wrong. You're playing wrong. I said, well, I, I, and I tried for a while. I tried to play right, but I couldn't play right. Every time I tried to play right, the pressure would happen, and I'd get frustrated, so I'd just go back to doing what I knew to do. I learned to play the piano wrong and continued to play the piano wrong, and I sort of got to a point where I could, I, I could make a decent sound at least for that few moments. But there's a valuable lesson to learn here, and that is simply this. If you learn it wrong, you'll play it wrong. And if you learn it wrong in life, if you learn life wrong, you learn relationships wrong, you will live life and you will live relationships wrong. If you learn it wrong... You're going to live it wrong. And there's been a lot of us that have learned things the wrong way. And, and we've tried to make it right. We've tried to go the right way. But when we've gone the right way, pressure happens. Things happen. And we, we, we revert back to what we used to be before. And some of you were blessed and fortunate to grow up in Christian homes, a good mom, a good dad, and, 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 and you learned grace, and you learned forgiveness, and you learned those things that, that really help you out in life, and particularly in the Christian life. But some of you grew up home, in, in homes, and you learned angry. You, you learned flying off the handle and, and screaming and yelling. And because you learned that, you live that. In fact, for some of you, that's just normal. Some of you learned, my mom was a wonderful, wonderful woman who prayed for me and I, made me go to church, and I'm so thankful for all of those things, but she used to say this to me all the time, shame on you. Shame on you. I learned that, and eventually the word shame on you became a look, and that look brought that feeling of guilt, that feeling of shame, even if I hadn't done anything wrong, and it was just that look, like you, and I was like, I felt that, and I learned that, and because I learned that, I lived that, and because if you learn it wrong, you will live it wrong, and this is what's happened in relationships. This is what happens in our lives. This is We have learned relationships wrong. We have learned dating wrong. We have learned marriage wrong because we've not gone to the source of life. There's a lot of people, <clears throat> three wrongs don't make a right. There's a lot of people who think, I'm just looking for the right person. If I can find the right person, they'll complete me. If I can find the right person, then they're going to help to fix my problems and my shortcomings. They make me happy, and so they must be the right person. They make me feel secure, so they must be the right person. But what happens a lot of times is that after that feeling goes away, we start to question, maybe they weren't the right person. They made me mad. You know, a couple will spend a lot of time preparing and planning for their wedding day. And that's an important day, awesome day. Celebrate it and have a bunch of fun with it. Then they go on a mini vacation called a honeymoon. But when they come back, 
the things that they think are marriage problems are really single people problems. They're single. You have financial issues before you have financial issues after. You have patience issues before you have patience issues after. And so we think, if I could just find the right person, that right person will make me happy, make me secure, make me feel all kinds of great things. Another thing that people are looking for is we're just looking for chemistry. We're looking for passion. A lot of people who found chemistry and found passion and got married that are now still looking for chemistry and passion. And they're thinking because chemistry or passion is lacking, you've lost that loving feeling. Oh, 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 that loving feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa. That was really sad. (laughs) That was really sad. (laughs) Who sings that song? Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I even asked that question now. I don't even know who sang it, but whoever sang that song originally or second or third, they just rolled over. If they were dead, they just rolled over in their grave the way we just sang that. So anyway, I'm looking for chemistry and for passion. How many of you know you can have chemistry and passion without having love? And sometimes we push chemistry and passion past the boundaries of where they're supposed to be. And we get things upside down or backwards or out of the order that God would have for us. And that leads to problems. But that's what we see in the movies. That's what we see on television. That that we have to have that spark and that romantic interest. Google and psychologists say that that feeling of love or, or, or chemistry and passion will last from 16 weeks to 18 months. And unfortunately, once that feeling is gone, once the feeling is gone, we look at that person, well, you just don't, you just don't do it for me anymore. And so sometimes we're looking for the right person. Sometimes we're looking for that, that, that chemistry and we're looking for passion. I've heard, I've had people say this, I'm just looking for love. I'm just looking for love. I just want to find love. I'm just looking for love. But what we're actually looking for is a feeling. What we're actually looking for is our heart to race and, and our palms to get a little bit sweaty and that adrenaline rush that happens when we're in love. And it's like, oh, I can just talk to you forever. Which eventually turns into, would you please shut up? Right. Oh, they just make me laugh. You're so immature. Yeah. <laughs> the things that drew us, eventually, those things become something that causes problems. You don't do it for me anymore. And once again, we have this feeling that if, if they're not completing me, if they're not making me feel happy, if they're not, there isn't that feeling anymore, then they must not be the one for me. And because of that, we get to a point where it's like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm so over this guy. I'm just done with her. She, her drama, blah, 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 all those other things. And so we move on to the next person. We move on to the next relationship. Let me just give you a little phrase. I think it's so powerful. It's simply this. It's always easier to start a new relationship than it is to redeem an old one. It's always easier to start a new relationship than it is to redeem an old one. And if we don't learn these things, we're going to continue that cycle in dating relationships and marriage relationships. Do you know that that there is a higher percentage of second marriages that fail? than first marriages, it is because of some of these things. We think they're going to complete us. And, and it, got, it was kind of easy to start over the first time. I'm going to start over again. Or just skip marriage altogether. I'm done with that. God's not. I said, God's not. I said that again. God's not done with marriage. Kind of his idea. 
For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother, cleave to his own wife. They shall become one flesh. So what do we do? How do we learn? What, are, what, what do we... How do we change the information that we're getting? Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 3 says this. Three words, three key words. By wisdom, excuse me, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is made secure. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with priceless and beautiful things. I venture to guess that every single person that's ever stood on this platform, any couple that has stood here to get married or wherever it was that we, Shelly and I, performed their ceremony, there's not one couple that didn't hope that their, what they were building and setting out to do that day, they, they hoped that it would last forever. They hoped that their homes, their families, their relationships, as it says here, that would be filled with good and precious things. Every single one. I've said this to you before. Often couples stand together, they get all dressed up, wonderful, beautiful things that happen in their ceremony, and they make commitments to one another that they are not designed to keep. They're sincere, they're honest, they really want to do this, but they are not designed. They have not come to a place of understanding. They don't know what that commitment that they are now saying. They think that they can commit themselves into into a disciplined walk or into a loving relationship. And you can't commit yourself into something that you're not equipped to handle. Any more that I I could get the best track outfit, the best tennis shoes, the best whatever it is. And I could sign up for a 5K race. And I could set out to run that race. Be sincere. I'm going to do it. It's a bucket list item. I'm going to run this race. I've... If I don't prepare for it, if I haven't practiced, if the first time I wear those shoes are on the race day, guess what's going to happen? I'm never going to finish the race. And yet when it happens in a relationship, we're shocked. How come it didn't work out? Well, because they're this or they're that. So wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Those are the keys. Those are the things. And and here's the thing. It's knowledge that leads us to understanding. There are things that you and I and we need to know. We need to know who we are. We need to know how we're gifted. We need to know what makes us tick. We need to have a good self-assessment of who we are. We need to know who the other person is. We need to know what their strengths and gifts are. We need to know what trips their trigger makes them angry. We need to know what makes them pound the table. We need to make them know what we need to know what makes them weep. We need to know about them. We should know about relationships. We should know about communication. I learned quiet. And I live that to this day. I don't want to be quiet all the time, but I'm I'm more introverted in in that, believe it or not. (laughs) And so I learned those things. So knowledge leads to understanding. When I begin to know some things and discover some things about myself, I begin to have some understanding. And understanding then, understanding is the comprehension of information. I have information about relationships. I have information about the other person. I have information about myself. And now I can begin to understand some of the things as it relates to communication. Wisdom is the correct application of the information that I understand. If I don't understand the information, I can't apply it to my life. And if I can't apply it to my life, then I will not have wisdom. Is this making sense this morning? 
We need to know some things. We need to understand some things because then we will have wisdom. And, and the book of Proverbs tells us that when we have these things, when we have knowledge and understanding and wisdom, then our house is going to be secure. And our house is going to be filled with wonderful things. Not going to happen today, not going to happen tomorrow, might not happen next week, but eventually, eventually. Everybody say eventually. eventually. See, that's the other thing that the movies teach us. In about two hours, everything's going to work out okay. Amen? It all turns out. It all works out. Well, it might not be two hours. It might not be two days. It might not be two weeks. It might seem like two lifetimes. But... If you continue and stick with it, it is so worth it. So worth it. But John chapter 13, verse 34. We'll finish up with this. I give you a new command. And I know some of you, you've heard this a hundred times or a thousand times. You just sprained your eyeball going, really? You're going to tell me this? You're going to throw this one at me? I give you a new command. Love one another. You must love one another just as I have loved you. And as I've mentioned to you many times, Jesus raised the bar here. He didn't just say love one another. He said, I, I want you to love each other with the example that you've seen from me. I want you to love them like I loved you. And he could have went around to every one of those disciples and he could have said to every one of the disciples, do you remember? Peter, do you remember? Matthew, do you remember? He could have went to every one of us and said, do you remember how I treated you? When everybody else was against you. He said, a new commandment I give unto you. Here's the thing. You can't command an emotion. And if we think that love is a feeling, if we think that love is an emotion, and we think because we don't have that feeling anymore, we don't have that emotion anymore, if we think that that's the case, then guess what? We're going to think that we've fallen out of love or that we've lost love. And for whatever reason, they don't love me anymore because I don't feel the feeling of love. But you cannot command an emotion. And Jesus said, I'm commanding you to do something, telling us that love is a choice. Love is a decision. I decide to love you. If you have kids, you know that you cannot command an emotion. As an adult, I've heard these words. Somebody told me one time, I won't tell you who... It was when my daughter told me this, but, I, but she said to me, turn your frown upside down. You want to know what I wanted to turn upside down? It was not my frown. You cannot command an emotion. My other daughter was with her and said, somebody's got their crappy pants on today. Kind of made me laugh because I'd never heard that one before, but it was really true. And I was still mad. So I was like, shut up. You cannot command an emotion. Have you ever told you guys, just be happy. Quit your crying. I'll give you something to cry about. We can't command an emotion. So love is a decision. I choose to love. I choose to put the other person first. I choose to walk in forgiveness. I choose to do what Jesus did. Jesus went first. Well, I'll love them as soon as they quit this or as soon as they do that or as soon as they remember this, then I'm going to love them. Jesus went first. And if we're going to do what Jesus commanded us to do, we're going to have to go first. I'll finish up with this story. Roy and Caroline are sitting over here, and they've done jail ministry for a long, long time. And uh, several years ago, I used to go up there on Friday nights to do jail ministry. I hate to even, I hate to even say this because it's embarrassing, but it's true. 
And uh, Pastor Tim would remember some of these things, and some of you guys were, we would do a men's Bible, Bible study at about 6.30 at the Perkins over by Crossroads. And uh, man, getting up at 6.30, 6, 6.30, and being there and doing all that, and then going through the day, getting everything ready for the weekend and working just like everybody else does on a Friday. And then, oh, we gotta go to jail ministry. And that was like three hours. And it didn't bother me a lot of times, but in the spring of the year, snow's gone, sun comes out, and it's a Friday, sky's a little bit bluer, grass is a little bit greener, the birds sing a lot better. And it's like, whoo, it's Friday night, and it's a beautiful night, it's sunny, and it's 70, and I've got jail ministry. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. But here's what would happen almost every time. I'd go, and I'd do it. And we'd minister and do whatever it was that we were supposed to do, sing, and just end up praying for people and different things. And, and Pastor Tim, he knows this. We, we would walk out sometimes and go, man, I'm so glad that I came. I'm so glad that I was there. I'm so glad that we, I, I, and, and I had to repent, get in the car and repent because it's like, God, I, I apologize. I'm so sorry because it was so cool and it was so much fun. Pastor Ron, why are you sharing it? Here's why. I think all of you that are parents, all of us that are parents, how many of you know you don't have to feel like it to do it? You don't have to feel like changing your kid's diaper to change your kid's diaper. Why do you do it? Because you love them. You don't have to like something or feel like doing something to actually do it. And here's, here's the thing. Your emotions, emotion will follow motion. Often emotions follow motion. I had my, if, if I'd have gone by how I felt and if I'd have gone by my emotions, I would have not showed up at jail ministry because I wasn't feeling it. I get so tired. Of, I just ain't feeling it right now. Who cares? Who cares if you're not feeling it? There's stuff that's got to get done. Yeah, I just, I just not feeling it. You got to walk in forgiveness. Yeah, well, I just, I'm not feeling it. You don't have to feel it to do it. Your emotions will follow your motion. So when you start to do it, and I don't know what it is, <laughs> a date time, a, a, a small group time, a, a whatever that time is, emotions follow the motion. When you begin to get in motion, when you begin to do, when you begin to start something, as you begin to start something, eventually your emotions will catch up with the motion, the direction of your life. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7 says that we are to let our roots grow down deep into him. So here's my question for you today. What are your roots in? What are you sinking your roots down into? Because if you think that sinking your roots into today's culture is going to lead you to better relationships, you're sadly mistaken. If you think that the latest, greatest love stories, whatever they are, are going to lead you to a depth of relationship that is meaningful, you're sadly mistaken. I'll even tell you this. If you go to the Bible thinking that the Bible is going to help you to find the right one or the right person that's going to bring some passion into your life or it's going to help you find the one that, that is going to love you, you're going to really be sadly mistaken because the Bible is not meant to be applied necessarily to other people for your benefit. But, if you honestly go to the Word of God with an open heart and an open mind and say, God, I, I, I want to be who you want me to be. 
I, I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. Spend some time in the book of Galatians. Understand that the other person is not designed to give you or to bring you love. They are, they're designed to love you and all of those things. I, I, I don't want to give you the idea or even give you the permission. Oh, Pastor Brian said I don't need to do any of those things. You're, you know, please, please understand what we're saying this morning. Do not make the other person God in your life. That they are your source of joy. That they are your source of love. That they are your source of peace. Because the Bible is very, very clear about that. It is the fruit of the recreated human spirit. It is the fruit of the spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, love and joy and peace, long-suffering. You're going to get married. The Bible says those who marry in Christ will suffer. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> doesn't have to be, but it is. But when we sink our roots deep down into him, into Christ transformation begins to happen. Strength begins to be building up on the inside of us so that we can truly live and walk in love. Amen. Praise God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for healing, hurt, healing hurting hearts. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be that salve that would that would strengthen, that salve that would give us life, that salve that would bring healing to our hearts and our minds, our souls. Father, I pray that right now in your presence, hope would begin to be birthed in people's hearts and lives. Those who have looked at relationship and said, nah, never again. Father, you've designed and built us for relationship. Not just dating, not just marriage, but friendship and all of the other things that healthy relationships can bring into our life. So, Father, we thank you for that this morning. Once again, Father, we ask you to bless these moms, bless these families, create in us a strength and a power because of the families of this church. And we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you, Joy Christian Center. God bless you, moms. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.